0: Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we sit down with Forrest T. Harper. Lewis Carr is the founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, the Blueprint Men's Summit, president of media sales at BET Networks, and author of Dirty Little Secrets. Forrest T. Harper is the president and CEO of En-ROADS, a nonprofit focused on creating pathways for ethnically diverse high schools and college students nationwide. Today, he'll be discussing the En-ROADS organization, its internship program, and its mission moving forward. Let's get started.
1: Hi, I'm Lewis Carr, founder of Waymaker. Waymaker is the brand that educates, inspires, and motivates people to live their best life, not only for themselves, but for their families and their community. Today on the Waymaker Fireside Chat, we have CEO and President Forrest Harper of the mega, mega, super successful En-ROADS Internship Program. En-ROADS is the most successful and the largest non-profit organization for internships for diverse students in the country. Forrest, welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat.
2: Thank you, Lewis. It's a pleasure to be here in this game changer uh scenario that you've created over time. I really appreciate it and I'm humble to the opportunity.
1: Well Forrest, I've been looking forward to this because uh we're going to talk about something today which is a is a passion for me. And that is giving uh students of color not only opportunities but mentorship for the future, shaping their lives in a very special way. And En-ROADS has been doing it for over 50 years. Okay. Tell us about the en program and, and uh, how it got started and yeah. uh, where it exists. And uh, because you know, some people have heard of it, a lot of people have it. But we want to educate the Waymaker audience on the opportunity and exactly what you guys are doing for several reasons today.
2: Sure. You know, imagine this, Lewis. In 1944, off the campus of Princeton University walks this tall, stately, white gentleman. In the middle of the early 40s, he goes into the Navy, comes back, and is now in the 60s. He doesn't like what he sees. He's from a very, very wealthy, well-to-do family, but he had a consciousness about what was right and what was wrong in the country at the time. And what that was, was racism. Not only was it racism, but it was poverty for those who are underrepresented in black and brown communities. So he decided to do something about it. He took a busload of black and brown kids, African-American, Hispanic kids, to a little small rally in Washington, D.C., Louis, called the March on Washington. He wanted to hear Martin Luther King Jr. speak against his family's wishes, but he did it anyway. And once he heard Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech, he had a vision. Let me go back. Let me figure out how we can build a pathway with training and development and mentoring of students in underserved communities, particularly African-American Hispanics, to get them inroads into corporate America. Because what he knew at the time was that if he could get them into a corporate job he could at least get them on an economic mobility to get to the middle class in earnings and so he quit his job in advertising family was upset with him but he did it he in itself was a way maker right not only did he quit his job it took him seven years to build it he went to 27 companies And he asked them if they would sponsor a student for an internship. This is not just your normal internship. This is a paid internship, right? These students got in GE, AT&T, Bell South, different companies, Procter & Gamble, that were stalwarts in corporate America. Not only did they intern, but he taught them how to lead, problem solving, soft skills, learning skills, skills of how to greet people how to dress for success, how to eat appropriately when you're out. All those fundamental, we call them now power skills, right? Not only did they flourish, but that was in 1970. Now today, we're the nation's largest nonprofit that produces over 1,500 of these superstars a year. Fast forward, we have over 30,000 alumni walking around. You probably know their names if I call some of them. The son the Duckett. One of only two African-American females leading a Fortune 100 company. The son that is the CEO of TIAA. That's just one sample. Sterling Brown, Hollywood star, came through inroads, and there's plenty more. That's just the beginning. Um, So so Forrest, tell our
1: listening audience, why are internships so
2: important
1: in their journey towards (laughs) a career?
2: Well, we've known this all along, Louis, that a paid internship actually starts you off with good economic balance, you get paid for your skills. We also know that when students intern, they get to prove their skill sets and make them good opportunities for job offers for full time work. And then when they get full time work, they get benefits. They get 401k plans, (laughs) they they get bonuses. They begin to get on the economic train for mobility into higher income. And that's why internships pay the way to economic independence by starting off with paid internships because of that.
1: I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Uh, When I was in school, I didn't understand the importance of, of internships. Prior to us getting on talking, I told you, uh, and my friends keep telling me, you oh, stop saying that you didn't want to go to college. But I didn't. <laughs> so I didn't know the importance of going to college. Then right. once I got to college and people started talking about internships, I'm like, I don't have enough hours to do all the things I want to do. <laughs> I'm struggling with class. Right. You know, I'm an athlete. Now you're trying to get me to work on top of it.
2: Right. I've been there. I worked, at, I worked at UPS at night from 11 to 5 in the morning. It was not an internship, it was loading trucks. Right. So I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. But today, most students still don't know, particularly our star athletes. Our star athletes are so busy from swimming to basketball to football. And guess what? They don't get to do paid internships. But many of them don't go in the NFL, they don't go in the NBA, they're stuck. So what would be better for them to do, but to have a paid internship to get those skills, get that resume built and do what else? And then get that job offer before they even leave the campus.
1: Forrest, let's back up a little bit. We we started talking about internships, but we know uh, COVID-19 and all of its variants and also the racial and cultural uprising of the last 24 months have hurt the black community worse than any other community. And a lot of our young people have sort of paused or pumped the brake or are avoiding college right now. Talk to those students who are saying it's not necessary or they don't wanna do it. Talk to them about the importance of being in college at this particular time in our country and society
2: absolutely well first of all there there are really two key things that you want to have as a human being you want to have access and opportunity equal to you just like anybody else unfortunately the playing field is not even for you it's not let's be realistic about this it's just not you can have as much as talent as you want, but education gives you a chance to get up the bat, right? You get educated, you graduate from high school, you graduate from college, that's getting up the bat. Okay? The internships give you a chance to not only get up the bat, but round the basis to come home, to get the kind of check you want. But most importantly, I'm gonna talk to you about your lifestyle. You all have dreams of what kind of lifestyle you want. It doesn't matter to me. If you want to be a lifestyle, you want to be a superstar. If you want to be an entertainer, you want to be the best in the world, a celebrity. That's a lifestyle. Well, lifestyle costs money. So if you want that lifestyle, one of the things I want to encourage you to do is to get that education. Get it. Get that education so that at least you're up to bat. Now you've got that education. You can be there. I know you've been discouraged over the last three years. We actually did some research, Lewis. And when schools let out during March of that year in COVID, we did a survey afterwards. Black and brown students said two things that they were most concerned about. Their finances, they no longer could work at the restaurant at night because they're out of college. The second one had to do with their GPAs, their grade point averages went down. So we understand you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. Disengage with your friends. Don't be discouraged. Look up. Get involved in things now that people can help you out with. I think it was Denzel that said, if you're going to fall, fall forward. <laughs> Don't fall backwards. And this is one way to do it, is to get engaged and get involved. And there are too many of us around to help you out. Please be encouraged. And one way you can be encouraged is contact us at En-ROADS. We have an opportunity for you. We talk to over five thousand students a year, and we surely have some programs we can help you out with. Okay. So,
1: so Forrest, you know you, you you got this big title, president and, and CEO. But tell us your journey to the position you have today. It didn't happen overnight. Tell us, tell us your journey.
2: Well, no, it didn't. And and, and by the way, uh, those titles don't mean anything. Uh, First thing, my title is a servant. I'm a servant and this job, this is not a job. This is a ministry for me because it's about my purpose and what I do. It all started in a little old neighborhood in the projects of a Southeast town called Fort Pierce, Florida. You probably know that town for two reasons. Zora, the great Renaissance writer is from my hometown or I'm from her hometown. (laughs) <laughs> and also one of the number one defensive backs in the NFL, the Chicago Bears, Khalil Mack. That's his hometown. And so I'm from that little town called Fort Pierce. And so when I grew up, my sister and I, we lived in the projects. And our fun for the day was when the sun went down, climb on top of the project building with a bag of oranges and dream. Dream about where we were going to go. And we could we could actually watch the movies to our right because there was a drive in theater right there. So at night, we couldn't understand anything, but we watched movies. But behind us is what we really were watching. That was we were only 68 miles from Cape Canaveral where the rockets took off, Lewis. And guess what? We would play with each other. We go, when I grow up, I'm going to be an astronaut. My sister would chime in. She says, when I grow up, I'm going to be the first African-American female astronaut out of space. I would come back and go, oh, yeah. I'm going to be the first African-American male out of space astronaut with a Miami Dolphin helmet on. I mean, we just dreamed. We just dreamed. But I had a dream of leaving and going to college. And so a mentor of mine, just like those 19 you told me about who made a difference in your life, Lewis, said to me, go north. So I left Florida. I passed Florida and them. I passed Bethune. I went straight to Baltimore, to Morgan State. And I had a wonderful experience at this historical black college called Morgan State University. Not only did I go out to sports and hurt myself, but I was in ROTC. I was in the reserves, officer training, which I became a lieutenant. I'll never forget. The coaches told me you could leave this university with two degrees. So how do you do that as a freshman? Well, you can get your degree and you can get a lieutenant in an army. So I, went through that journey. I had a degree in social work and I had a a commission as an officer. I served eight years in our army um, in the 82nd Airborne, one of the number one units in this world. And I loved that experience because it taught me how to lead any and everybody. Then I went into the pharmaceutical industry. It wasn't just by accident. Definitely, I wanted to do something that would make a difference. And being in the pharmaceutical industry, I didn't know what a pharma or a pharmaceutical was, but what I did know, oh. it was about discovering and helping people with medicines that kept them live longer. And so, yes, I worked for Pfizer for 30 years, the same company that has the vaccine today that you know of. I had the privilege of being in pharmaceuticals for 30 years. I had eight promotions within my first 20 years at Pfizer. And I looked in the mirror one day, Lewis, and I said to myself, Forrest, there's nothing you can do about being the first, but there's always something you can do about being only. So from that point on, my purpose became, I've got to make sure I help others not just be the only, but be more. And so Lewis, that is what I did. And then one day a knock came at my door and said, hey, we want to focus on Give you the opportunity to transform Inroads in its next 50 years. And I went like, okay, Lord, you gave me this assignment, no one else. And I've the last 10 years, I've been uh, the leader and the servant leader of Inroads, roads uh, And what a pleasure what a humble experience this has been for the last decade.
1: Congratulations. Of course, give our audience the idea of a typical internship. Uh, through inroads? What happens, length of time, what type of companies they may find themselves at?
2: Sure. Well, remember this, the internships are targeted for undergraduate students in a four-year college or a community college. And the focus is taking your skill sets, your passions, and what career aspirations you might have. You may not know which one you want to be in. You may want to be an accountant. You may want to be a marketer. You may want to be an engineer, but it's all about discovering. So what we will do is take you, get you ready, get your resume ready, send you through mock training. We videotape you, get you live, give you instructions. We coach you, we give you a mentor. We get you ready for the interview. Then you interview with a major Fortune 500 company like a J.P. Morgan Chase. Or like a um, United Healthcare or Kaiser Permanente. And once you get that internship, paid internship, we coach you along the way. We give you evaluations. We're there to help you, and you get the experience of a lifetime. So you do an internship that's paid for eight to ten weeks. On average, you could make about eight to ten thousand dollars a summer. And then when you finish that summer, that company will offer you to come back the next summer. So you go back on campus, you're walking tall, everybody's looking at you, why are you walking tall? Because I just got an internship and I'm gonna get another one next summer because you prove yourself. Then the next summer happens. So three to four years in a row, you put in your resume, I have work experience and I got paid for it. And then at that point, they make you a full-time job offer, Lewis. And that is what catapults you into what? good earnings, because now you're in the upper middle class and earnings and earning even more from that standpoint. That's the internship experience. And we get so many comments coming back from students saying that they met people, they increased their network. Not only that, they proved themselves, but they also discovered things about themselves they didn't know. They could lead, they could have a conversation, they could problem solve it really, really is, that's the experience. So
1: what are the, kind of staying on that point there, what are sort of like the top three or four things that you guys sort of, you know, create the program for intern to learn, let's say that first year?
2: That first year, we focus on what we call the power skills. They used to call them the soft skills, Louis. Yeah. We don't call them soft skills. We, we call them power skills like the Power Rangers, right? And the reason we say it, if you get these skills, you can do just about any job, no matter what the specialty is. One is communication skills, both written and verbal. Can you have a conversation? Can you write that conversation and have people correspond with you? The second one is problem, problem solving skills. It is so fundamental, but companies hire people to solve problems and be creative. And then the third really is about how you lead. And leadership skills is so fundamental, that if you can lead, if you can problem solve, and if you can communicate, you can basically do write your ticket doing just about anything. So we put students through what we call real world examples, Lewis. During the summer, we will bring you into workshops. We'll give you a case from your community. We'll say, in this community, there's bad water. What solutions do you have? And we'll put you in a group, come out with a plan. If there's crime in your, in your area, we'll focus on that area to see what happens from there, okay? So to that end, we are really focused on real-world life experiences and those three skills, problem solving, communication skills, and leadership.
1: So when when, when people graduate, are, are most of your interns getting jobs right away when they come out of the En-ROADS program?
2: 86% of our students get job offers.
1: Wow.
2: 82% of them accept those job offers. That's 20% higher than the national average, period. And these are these are minorities. These are underserved, underrepresented students. And that's pretty high. That's what drives our track record.
1: So on, on, on an annual basis, about how many students? Is that like the 1,500 that you mentioned? Yeah, um,
2: pretty- on average, it's about 1,000 students. It depends on the year during COVID, it went down. We're now mm-hmm. back up to, uh, we'll, be tar- we'll be projecting 1,500 students will get those offers and we're not satisfied with that number. We believe we can do over 5,000. Uh, companies are now starting to knock at the door um, and saying, we wanna make a difference in changing the composition of corporate America in the boardroom and in the C-suite and in the middle of the organization, but we gotta start at the pipeline. So we're gonna see steady growth in this area.
1: And since the Uh, tragic murder of George Floyd and, you know, all of that racial inequities of 2020, have you seen corporations step up and commit more, whether that's through resources or through interns or
2: through jobs? Have you seen them really step up? I got to tell you, Louis, we have. We really have. And I've been around a long time. And I've seen us react and put a Band-Aid on certain things and the, 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 the statement of the moment, but not like since the unfortunate deaths of, of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor and Amari and others throughout the country. Corporate America stepped forward. McKinsey just reported in January that since that incident, corporate America has pledged over $70 billion for social and racial impact strategies and initiatives. That's a lot of money. And with that, what have they done? They have stepped up their hiring at the pipeline level. HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities have received all kinds of funds that will lend itself to getting the pipeline ready. Now that's a good start corporate America, but guess what? Let's see you finish it. And what that means is let's now hire them. And so we've seen the spending, we've seen the commitment Lewis now let's go through with the hiring and we'll see that in a couple years
1: for us how competitive is it for the internship slots that you have or on an annual basis
2: oh it is highly competitive Um, for every position that we get a call about we send two students and those two students got to compete for that one role and it should be that way we want you to put your best foot forward we'll eventually we'll eventually put every student out there, but it's competitive. It's not guaranteed. Nobody makes a promise. You have to go out and earn it. Just like you would in sports, just like you would in anything else, but it's highly competitive.
1: So so let's say I'm a student. Mm -hmm. How do I prepare myself to be able to compete for internship through inroads? How do I prepare?
2: Well, the first part, we're gonna give you a playbook. That playbook is some of the fundamentals I talked about a little bit before. And that was, we are first gonna get your resume ready. We don't believe in perfect resumes. We believe in about getting the resume to 85% because the rest of it, they won't read, okay? So first of all, we'll get you a standard resume that people can read quickly. The second thing we'll do is we'll coach you on getting ready for the mock interview. And we mock interview every student. We put you on film we go back and we coach through that film so you can see yourself and then we'll get film you again until you get it right. But the rest is on the student. The rest is on the student. The best way to prepare is first of all, get a good night's sleep before the interview. Don't take that for granted. That sounds basic, but I just, we see the mistakes all the time. Before that, good night's sleep practice with someone that's important to you. It can be by phone, it could be by, by FaceTime, whatever it may be. It doesn't hurt to practice. The next thing is that know your company that you're going to interview for. Too many times we see students come in and go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing for GE. Well, well, what is our focus at GE? What are the pillars of our priorities? Uh, I don't know. No, you can't come in like that. You got to come correct. You got to bring it to know about that company. And then the next thing is that be prepared to give the answers about your unique abilities. Lewis, every human being is born with unique abilities. It's just like a birthmark, not one's the same. Know your unique abilities. If you've got great communication skills and they're unique, use them. If you've got great presence, use it. Everybody has unique skills. Wrap those unique skills around. Uh, the way you interview for the job, and then um, lay out examples of how you've proven yourself over time. Have at least two to three. When someone says, "Have you ever faced adversity?" Have at least five. Okay, and think about the worst and how you work your way through it. Practice it. You know what I mean? Uh, a broken leg, and then I went out and I I won the track meet. That's fine. Have those ready. So those are some of the things, Lewis, we hope, I would encourage students to be prepared for.
1: So, so Forrest, uh, I'm in college, I'm sitting around, I never thought about an internship. How do I apply uh, to En-ROADS? How's that done?
2: Oh, it's so simple. And most of all, Lewis, it's free. It's free. So you just go to en you click on it and you click on students. When the box drops down, It'll, it'll just click on the application. It'll take you maybe 15 minutes to fill out. And then you send it along with a copy of your um, transcript uh, for your for your grades. Uh, and that's it. We take a 2.8 GPA and above um, to apply for inroads. And we take. you'll hear from us within like 72 hours. You'll get a letter back saying that you qualify for the program. And from that point, we'll begin the training and get you ready. Simple as, go to inroad.org, student drop-down box and put in the application.
1: Okay, next one. I'm a corporate executive and I'm listening to this and I'm like, wow, I need to do something. I need to give back. I need to be a way maker. How do I do that?
2: Oh, to be a way maker in this and you're in corporate America, know what your environment is first. Ask questions to HR in your environment says, tell me about our internship program. How many interns do we have here at Corporation A? Oh, we have 500. Oh, we have 500? Okay. Um, and then look at your department. What are some of the projects and skills in your department that you'd like to have a student come in and participate in to bring value to your department over an eight to 10 week period? Select a couple of projects, build out the job descriptions, work with HR, and then contact inroads. Go to that same drop-down box, uh, or contact me on LinkedIn. <laughs> Go to Forrest Harper on LinkedIn. You can contact me, and say, Forrest, I'm interested in uh, bringing interns to my company, um, and I'm interested in making a commitment and a contribution to um, building out a workforce that has. Um, more black and brown and students of color. And Lewis, the reason we want to do that, that you have a social conscience about it, is that according to NACE, the National Association of Colleges and Employers, last year alone, of the top 200 companies in corporate America, there were 42,000 paid internships. Of that 42,000, blacks made up less than 6%, Hispanics less than four. That should be reason alone. You should be on the front lines of wanting to make an impact of bringing in interns of color in your corporation.
1: And the final one for us, I'm a successful entrepreneur, or I'm a successful executive in a corporation. And you just made me feel bad because I'm not doing (laughs) enough. How do I make myself feel better? by contributing to inroads. How do I do that?
2: Well, first of all, entrepreneurs are a part of what we do too. Of our 30,000 alumni at inroads, 38% are successful entrepreneurs. So there's a pathway for you here, or there's a pathway for you to support a student who wants to become an entrepreneur. The same fundamental skills, Lewis, that I just talked about, they'll get them in inroads. So the way you can contribute as an entrepreneur is to sponsor a student. Even if you have a small business, sponsor a student to help you out as a small business owner. Or if you have a chance to mentor, that is a big value to us. Give us your name. We'll include you in our volunteers of mentors to mentor a student for a summer. And that student, you as an entrepreneur, could help with. Third, you can make a donation. All of our students don't come with all the like you said, with all of the assets that every student has. It could be something we contribute to a scholarship. It could be the students got to pay a lab fee that they need to graduate from college. So, as an entrepreneur, you can help out a lot. Your time, your treasure, and your talents can also help these students as well. So, there's always a way to help volunteer.
1: Forrest, this has been great. Uh, this has been very informative and educational to the Waymaker audience. We appreciate what Inroads is doing for our community. We appreciate you uh, being a Waymaker. And we hope that this interview not only helps the students, but also the support ecosystem that Inroads needs to continue to do the important work that our community needs and our students of color need. So thank you so much for participating in the Waymaker Fireside Chat today. We're gonna come back to you at a later date to see how uh, the internships did this year, but we wish you well and we wish inroads well. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Louis, I appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Lewis Carr and Forrest T. Harper. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. Don't forget to claim your Waymaker Journal at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.